At the beginning of the book of Acts, after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, his disciples were instructed to stay in Jerusalem, waiting for the promise from God the Father. They are then instructed that they would receive the Holy Spirit, which would empower them to be Jesus' witnesses to Jerusalem, Samaria, and the end of the earth. Then Jesus ascended up to heaven. So Acts chapter 2 starts with the apostles gathered in one place, waiting for that promise. And suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. A.W. Tozer says that the God who had appeared to them as fire throughout all their long history was now dwelling in them as fire. The Holy Spirit gave the apostles the ability to speak with members of the growing crowd in each of their own languages. Peter, one of the apostles, came forward to address the full crowd. In his first documented Christian sermon, Peter walks through the gospel before this large Jewish audience. That Jesus was fully God and fully man. That he performed acts and miracles in accordance with God the Father. Acts 2, starting in verse 23, Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by death. Acts 2.32, God has raised this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. And then in Acts 2.36, Peter ends, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Members of the crowd heard the message, and they asked Peter what to do in response to this news. Peter replies in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized to each of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And then in verse 41 it says, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. God used Peter to meet the people where they were, on a pilgrimage in Jerusalem on the Jewish day of Pentecost, to speak truth into their lives. I mean, Peter holds no punches, and God just takes hold of their hearts. 3,000 people were transformed by the gospel and received salvation by faith in Jesus that day. But God didn't just transform the inward hearts of these believers. He also transformed their community. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And then in verses 46 and 47, it continues, Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. As Christians... Finding life through Jesus doesn't end with just an internal response. The Bible promises a transformed heart, but also calls us to a transformed community, 
to have transformed relationships with all people, and to be empowered to share the gospel with them. The end of Acts 2 is an amazing example of what communities should aim to be, but it's not possible without the transforming power of the gospel. Welcome back to my Bible study podcast. I'm Brian, and this is my podcast from Hevel to Eternity. This is episode number two of our walk through the concept of biblical community and missional living. Hopefully that introduction helped to give a good overview of what Acts chapter two is presenting. Last episode, we introduced the idea of biblical community, and the, the verse that we kept coming back to was 1 Thessalonians chapter two, verse eight. So we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. So I started to give some practical applications for what living as part of a biblical community might look like based around scripture. I pulled from Deuteronomy 5 and 6, Ephesians 5, Galatians 6, James 1, and from today's key chapter, Acts chapter 2. Today I want to expand upon that theme, spoke focusing specifically around Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Before we really zoom in, though, I want to ask you to process through a couple questions with me. What are some misconceptions that people might have about churches or about Bible studies? If you go to church or are part of a small group, what are some words that would you would use to describe your church or your Bible study? Okay, so how about if your non-church attending friends were asked to describe your church or your Bible study? Would they come up with the same words you came up with? Would it be different? Why would there be a difference in the descriptions? Maybe they would use phrases like, they worship Jesus, or they read the Bible. Maybe instead they would use phrases like, well, they do life together, or they lean on each other for their needs. I just want to point out that a healthy biblical community includes all of those aspects. Biblical communities include a collection of people who lead missional lifestyles individually, but also integrate those lifestyles through gathering and growing together. Jeff Vanderstelt says that a missional community is a family of missional servants who make disciples who make disciples. So this definition starts to jump forward to next episode in the goal of biblical and missional community, but it gets at the heart of multiplication. We want to mature on our own faith. We want to grow each member of our community, and we want to increase those numbers. Josh Cusino says, a Bible study is something you go to. A missional community is something that you are. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as all had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Acts 2 verses 42 to 47. 
This passage describes more than friends hanging out together, more than a gathering, more than just doing Bible study together, and more than a group engaging in community service together. It describes a biblical community in Jerusalem, a collection of Jesus followers loving their God, loving their neighbors, sharing the gospel, and sharing their lives. Notice that everybody is active in these verses. The people were sharing and praising God. The apostles were teaching and leading, and God was working in and through all of the people to grow their numbers daily. Sometimes we become too passive, just waiting for things to happen. This can come through in two ways, really. You can be too passive in our lifestyles, where we just wait for golden opportunities to become engaged with others, and we convince ourselves that right now just isn't the right time to have a conversation or to step into that void, or to give up this comfort. The second way that we can be too passive is actually in our prayer lives. I mean, maybe you don't pray at all, in which case I would argue that you're being too passive, yes. But this is a little more than that. I'm not saying we don't pray as much as when we pray for something to happen, we might shy away from wanting us to be an active participant in that prayer. It might look something like, Father, I pray that you would bring Johnny to faith in you. Or, God, I know times are hard right now for Jimmy and his family. Can you please just provide them with what they need to make it by this week? Or, Lord, Jesse is really in need of an uplifting word right now. Please give her someone in her life to provide joy and encouragement. Like each of those prayers, they're great prayers. I just think sometimes we make them too passive. Maybe it's out of fear, maybe it's out of our own comfort, maybe it's because of our pride. I don't know, but if you're anything like me, you can talk yourself out of an action for a million and two different reasons. But the Acts community, they weren't passive. They prayed to God and they shared their faith and scripture with others. They prayed to God and they provided for the material needs of those within their communities. They prayed to God and they encouraged others with a joyful and sincere heart. If we genuinely desire missional community to happen, we have to pray for the community to be active, for ourselves to be active, and for God to be active. Matt Chandler says transformation occurs life on life. So I want to underline that in order to share the gospel and our lives with each other, we have to actively engage life on life together with each other. Yes, sharing every aspect of the gospel and every area of our lives together can be difficult. Yes, this kind of community can be scary. Yes, this kind of community can be very uncomfortable at times. Yes, this kind of community can make us vulnerable. Yes, this kind of community opens ourselves up to being hurt or rejected or outright slandered at times. And I'm not going to lie. All of these things have happened to my bride and I as we have led small groups. What God calls us to do is uncomfortable and scary, yes. But God designed it that way, and it requires a strength and a courage and a boldness that only God can grant. We get an example of this in the Old Testament. Joshua was reminded a lot of the strength, courage, and boldness that God would grant him while leading the Israelites into the promised land. Joshua 1.6 starts, Be strong and courageous. 
Joshua 1, 7-9 continue, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law of my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Then Joshua 1.18 ends. Only be strong and courageous. This isn't just an Old Testament thing, though. The New Testament community expressed boldness and prayed for boldness a lot. Acts 4.13 says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. And then Acts 4.29 continues, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Boldness, courage, strength. God's people in the Old Testament needed it. God's people in the New Testament needed it. It's something God's people still need today, and it's something God's people have been granted access to. After the people in Acts 4 prayed for boldness, verse 31 says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. If you are a Christian, then you should remember that you have the Holy Spirit working in you to transform you. You can also remember that Jesus' name, Emmanuel, literally means God with us, and that one of his last promises was that he will be with his disciples until the end of the age. I pray we can actively rest in those facts, finding boldness and courage, then prioritize living out the characteristics of a true biblical community. Church, Bible study, Christian community, when you hear those words, do you think of joy and generosity and boldness? Read Acts 2, verse 42 through 47 again. This joyful worship, this generous living, and this bold evangelism, they're everywhere. They highlight the principles outlined in the verse that I keep coming back to, that 1 Thessalonians 2, 8, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. People, living in a way that stands apart and makes you say something is different about you and I have to know what. Todd Ingstrom says that throughout church history, the most persuasive argument for the Christian faith is the Christian community. I was reading a book recently, actually. It's called Destroyer of the Gods. It's by Larry Hurtado, and it goes into detail on how the early Christians, how the early Christian church, how the early Christian communities, like really stood apart from the rest of the Roman world in just every aspect of their lives. It's a really interesting read. I would recommend it. Maybe I'll post a link to it on Facebook. Next episode, we'll dive into what the purpose of biblical community is. Our text will center around Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been granted to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thanks for listening. The Acts chapter 2 verses were all from the Christian Standard Bible, or CSB, translation, copyright of Holman Bible Publishers. All other verses were from the NIV, New International Version, translation, by Biblicon Incorporated. Uh, I apologize if the audio was a little weird. A storm picked up kind of halfway through my recording of this, so apologies if it sounds like there's a storm in the background, because there is. Until next time, I love y'all.